I'm here again, baby. Oh, yeah. Is Welcome that your intro? The Preacher's Kid Gone Wild, baby. Yeah. Where I tell you about the things I've done wrong. <laughs> that felt so right. <laughs> Hopefully not everything. You <laughs> <laughs> some of that shit to yourself. <laughs> oh, do you cuss on here? Because shit. Oh, hell yeah, I do. Oh. It's Preacher's Kid Gone Wild. That's the shit for the fuck. <laughs> I was just asking because you know my audience is gonna hear it all. Okay, all right, including the whole forest you got in the background, the bird, dog, turtle, fishes. I know, right? I got my ear. I'm all right. It sounds like a jungle in my house sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But yo, check it out, people. This is another episode, episode three. Preacher's Kid Gone Wild, and I have my first super special guest, my oldest sister. Why well, gotta be older though? Nigga, you still look older than me. We look like twins, nigga. What the hell are you talking about? Okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, it's a beautiful day here in, uh, Texas, and I'm sure it's a beautiful day over there in North Carolina. Actually, it's not. It's raining, so no. Oh, it is? Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, either way, we still both got our coffee. We are ready to get this shit started. Talk about some, some good shit, some uplifting shit, with a little bit of cussing. Okay. Yo. So, um, all right. So, um, I called my sister this morning and I asked her uh, if she wanted to do a podcast with me, you know, being my super special guest. Um, so. But today, I kind of pressed it a little bit more because, um, so, um, the guys that I work for, um, there's there's two owners to a um, private security company that I work with, and um, uh, they give out inspiration, it's Motivational Monday, and uh, Travis O'Brandon, they'll get on, and they'll send, you know, a message to everybody, you know, which I haven't heard from any other company, but um, they'll give out an inspirational message, you know, you know things that's happening in and things that's going on and stuff like that. But uh, this morning, something really hit me. I'm over here, you know, looking at my, uh, you know, stocks and stuff, you know, looking at a little bit of news, seeing what's going on. And uh, I listened to the message <clears throat> And the, the part that hit me was, you know, they're always, t- you know, telling you, you know, be great, be great. But this time it was just a little bit different. So this time Travis was like, he was listening to a motivational speaker and he was like, he gave us a challenge. He said, live these, live the next 24 hours of your life like it's your last. 
like you're gonna die at the end. The last <laughs> at the end of the 24 hours, you ain't gonna be no more. You're gonna be up in heaven or God forbid down into the burning hit pits of hell. So uh <laughs> but it made me think, yo. Like it really, really hit me. Like I didn't respond to the message at all for maybe half an hour, you know. You know, everybody else was like, Oh, great message, you know, I can really and I'm thinking to myself, like, like sometimes you know when people are like, Man, you full of shit. And I could tell, you know, some of them were like, you know, oh, great message, you know, you know, and they're just going to live their life, you know, as they do. But it just really hit me. So then I thought about it. I went and made myself a cup of coffee. I sent my mom a text. Hey, mom, I, I um, tried to get in touch with my grandmother. I text my dad. Um, and I thought about it. I was, you know, thinking about it. You know, like, last 24 hours, what would you do? And I was like, you know what? One major thing that I'd be wanting to do, I'd want people to know my thoughts and what would be going on through my head the last 24 hours or sometime within it. So, and I thought, who else better to do the, you know, you know, for to hear it, you know, than my sister, my older sister. You, know? so, you sure do keep on emphasizing this older sister bullshit. <sighs> shit. Anyway, my sister, you might, are you happy? You're, you're wise. You're you wise want me to say baby, baby sister? sister? Huh? You want me to say baby sister? Would that help sure. you? Sure. Sure. Baby sister, wise the, sister. Lie from the pit of hell, but we'll go with it. Anyway. <laughs> I am wise, and I look like the baby. All y'all look older than me. Oh, my bad. Keep going. <laughs> well, anyway, so that's what I gotta say about it. Um, I'm thinking this segment will go, you know, 20, 30 minutes. That's what I'm thinking. But it's my. Bro. Well, you got you got about seven down packed by yourself, so I know, right? So that's where I'm at with it. <laughs> so, without further ado, I'm, you know, introducing my younger quote unquote sister, Shimon, aka aka Money. So, sorry, you player. Um. I don't really know. I mean, you introduced me, but I, I am Moni. Yeah, I am. I'm Moni, aka Money. Nobody knows the answer. Um, oh yeah, give me your podcast and all that shit too. Yeah, my podcast is Moni Uncut Podcast. M I O U X N I E Uncut Podcast. It's all one word. Find it if you need to respell it, because yes, it's a little confusing. Anyway, and my Instagram. Is M I O U X N I E. I started um, the life change in like 2017, started manifesting things in 2018. It was a process for me. And um, I have changed my life. I went from depressed and suicidal to happy and watching things manifest in my life on a regular basis. I feel compelled to do this. Um, 
to do this uh, life change and and put it in front of people so people can see and people can be inspired. And um, what's crazy is I have already inspired so many people and I've come a long way, but I'm like, I'm not showing, I'm not rich. I haven't got my G-Wagon yet, but it's being manifested right now. And that's one of my things. I'm getting my G-Wagon in the future. It's one of my, one of my goals. Um, so yeah. Oh yeah. My reality of a preacher's daughter is my um, blog that I do reality of a preacher's daughter so I also have that and that's just where I'm just uh, typing I started typing out some stuff in 2015 just about my life and what I experienced and how it affected me and I was getting a lot of like feedback from it like a lot a lot of feedback then something happened and I was threatened so I stopped it um, and now I'm, I'm going to go back to it because I feel like um, we don't understand how much impact that we can have on people's lives if we just do what we're supposed to do. Yes, there's going to be trials and tribulations, things that come that may, you know, want us, set us back and keep us from moving forward. But it's up to us to do what we feel that we need to do. So my like little thing is just be yourself be who you are love you find out who you are um and just be that so there's my little intro okay cool um so uh just to let everybody know this wasn't quite planned out but usually those are the best episodes come out anyway so um so I came out with my podcast because my inspiration was my sister. So I had already known that she had started the podcast. She had it going for a few years before I even listened to an episode. And once I started listening to the episode, I started telling other people about it. We're, we're listening to it religiously, like like Game of Thrones and oh shit what's next oh man that was that one was deep and dark oh like you know so literally like me and some others were listening to uh to it pretty pretty often so I mean it was getting good I, w- I won't say that much so um I still got a whole bunch of episodes to go through but <laughs> But it was, you know, there's some, and then another thing was, is like, uh, for starting my, my podcast is because I wanted, um, people to see my point of view. And it's not like, it's not nothing that she was saying was wrong, but, um, there's, there's different sides to the stories, you know, so my sister had her side when we were growing up and I had my side. And, you know, I think it's interesting because you go back and you listen to hers and then um, I'm going to start doing responses to some of hers. Um, oh, shit. And, and I'm going to, uh, like, you know, like which episode it was and stuff like that. So y'all, so y'all, the audience can go back and y'all can listen to both and y'all can see the bullshit that we went through as preachers kids like people think 
Like it, it's shit is no joke. And then for us to be so young and to have to deal with some of the shit that we had to deal with, it's almost not fair. Almost, but I will say it made me and my older sister hella mentally strong. Like I've dealt with some shit to where I've heard people commit suicide from us. So, sometimes I believe we're put through things so that we can deal with both later on. You know, there's some people that are just born to be, uh, I, I feel like some people are like born to go through some, some heavy shit when they're younger so that when they get older, they're able to inspire more people. So, and I definitely feel like me and my sister are like, you know, two of those people. Um, <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I can't wait to start doing those responses. Um, I think that'd be amazing. I wish, um, I well, no, I don't. I was going to say, I wish the rest of the siblings would do it, but especially not the little one. That one don't need Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. That one don't need to respond to shit. <laughs> don't matter of fact, don't even listen. Matter of fact, <laughs> we ain't got no podcast. <laughs> what podcast? <laughs> yeah, no. Uh-uh. Have the whole shit up in flames. God <laughs> ah, damn. <laughs> oh shit anyway <laughs> motherfuckers phone will start catching on fire <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> shit be going on too hot for podcasts and shit god yeah, yeah that's too hot for anything <laughs> oh man Anyway, so uh, I will say, uh, you know what? Not what? Now that I'm thinking about it, there is one like response, uh, like I would like to, you know, put you know a little preview out there. So you spoke about I can't remember which episode, but I remember um, I think it was the fight. I think it's I think the episode was called fight. And um, it had to do with my my mom and my pop uh, getting into a physical altercation. Um, so I remember my sister said she don't really know how it started. Well, thing is, I know how it started. I remember. Wait a minute! How you know how it started? We were. Cause I remember. So how were like, you? how were you? How old was I? I had, I think I'm pretty sure Michael was born. No, no, no. This the one I'm referring to. I don't know which one you're referring to or what you're referring to, but this particular instance, I'm referring to. We were in those apartments. Yes, I I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. Okay, and mom, mom was pregnant. Then she was pregnant with Michael then. Right. All right. So, but I remember how it started. How in the hell do you remember that? Because I was the reason 
or part of the reason why it started. You were five. I was part of the reason why it started. Now let me refresh. Let me let, let me help you out. So at the time, I had started losing teeth. Right. Um. So. I don't even, I don't know, but I remember it. So, my, let's see, where was I? I believe I was downstairs and I had told my pop that my tooth was loose. And my, my pop, (laughs) well, it's loose. Let's go ahead and try to pull it out. But it wasn't quite ready. And he kept trying to yank on it. And next thing, I'm, I'm ended in tears. And he's, you know, telling me to be quiet, boy. It's, all, it's, it's almost done. You, you know, hey, let's get the tooth out, you know. But it wasn't quite ready. So my mom heard me downstairs. And she starts, you know, like, why are you trying to pull it out now? It's not ready type thing. And, you know, my father's like, oh, he'll be all right and stuff. And then my parents, there was a, there was always tension between my parents. Like, always. Like, you get very few and far between times where there wasn't any fucking tension. Anyway, so she comes downstairs and she's trying to pull me away from my father. And my father's pulling me back toward him. Like, you know, let me just get this done. And my mom's like, no, you got more tears and stuff like this, right? So next thing you know, they're like yanking me back and forth. And then they start getting into it. And they start like pushing and shoving each other. I'm in between them. Trying and my to mom is, and, and being, but did this, just emphasize this. Mom is pregnant. And she is like, pregnant pregnant like she's not three months pregnant she's like right. seven she's pregnant, months pregnant. Pregnant. She's pregnant pregnant so my little self was trying to push them away from each other and then my little I'm not little quote-unquote little <laughs> sister um she jumps in trying to pull him uh apart uh both of my parents are going at it. They're like, they're like, pretty much rolling on the couch. Yeah, I saw. I remember when I saw like dad push mom into the couch, and I remember that was like the vivid snapshot that I remember. And then all I heard mom, I remember mom saying, "Call such and such, call." And I, I'm not gonna put nobody's names oh, out oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Call yeah. such and such. Call, call. And it was her best friend, and her best friend lived around the corner. On the street, yep. Yeah, and I was thinking, but I was thinking, like, we're not calling the police with this. We calling, we calling a friend. I mean, I, you know, now you think about it, you're like, okay, you're calling a friend. But anyways, yeah, we, uh, I ain't trying to interrupt, but yeah, I ended up calling the friend. That's back then when there was uh, dial phones, when you had to dial yep. the numbers. Uh-huh. And, and you, I remember you. You memorized everybody's number. Boy. I yes, I did. I was, I knew everybody's number because I was like, I really did dial her phone. Yep. My, yeah, my sister was the like the the human phone book contact keeper. Wow, I didn't even yeah. know you remember that. 
Yes, I I remember probably more than you think I do. But um, yeah, so we ended up staying over. You know, of course, we were in tears. You know, after a friend came, I almost fucked up and I said a name. Well, I'm glad you interrupted. But um, I, I know, I like <laughs> But um, so yeah, that was interesting. Um, yeah, it was crazy because. Then my pop drove up the next afternoon and, you know, was talking to mom. Next thing you know, mom is like, okay, you're going to go back and uh, And, yeah. My pop ne- is never really like that woman, or, you know, her friend. So. <laughs> no, he had plenty to say. She all, a bitch and a witch. All the 20 years, even up to when I was, uh, let's see. When I had moved with when I had moved with dad, he had some nice choice words. <laughs> his favorite was she a bitch and a witch. That's that's exactly his favorite. <laughs> because that's exactly what the hell he said. <laughs> he said that he said that about mom and her friend, and then he said it about me. I said, How now I'm one? Okay. <laughs> Okay. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, but it but one of the things I do want to emphasize about some of this stuff is that what people need to know is that we we don't say this, we're not saying any of this to like put nobody on front street or try to put, you know, not try to blast nobody out, make nobody look bad. My whole point was to show what we've experienced specifically things that 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 we remember but the remembering these things it doesn't hurt like it used to hurt when I re- remember these things when I first started like it would always bring so much pain and it put me down a downhill spiral to and, and, and I would just go into depression but I actually made a conscious decision that at in 2015 I was going to take all of these things that I remember and I was going to let it go. And I didn't want it to hurt anymore because I saw that there would be times where I would get so far ahead and I'll be doing so well in life. And then I'll just go slamming backwards. It was just like a ping, I was going ping, 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 just going back and forth and back and forth. And I wanted to be successful. And so I made a conscious decision for 90 days that I was going to get all of it out. So I wrote as much as I could in my Reality of a Preacher's Daughter um, blog but then it turned into the Moni Uncut in 2018, where I was actually talking about these things. Um, and I realized that I hadn't been completely healed in 2015. But in 2018, when I was like, you know, at this is the end. That's when I changed everything. It wasn't just that I changed, um, um, like, letting it go. I actually changed my moves. I changed how I reacted. I started filling those empty spaces and those horrible spaces that I that I dug up all that bullshit with with um, uh, listening to uh, positive messages. I listened to Les Brown, Napoleon Hill, um, Earl Nightingale, um, um, just all the positive. Eric Thomas was one of the big ones. C.T. Fletcher, Fletcher. I filled 
all yeah. these little empty spots. Grow, motherfucker, grow! Yes, I said, <laughs> filling all of those empty spots with positive messages. And that's how I was able to move past it. It's not just about get get rid of all the bad things. It's about filling up yourself with so much goodness that every time that something bad happens, it just bounces off. It don't have no room to grow. So I want to emphasize that we ain't putting no shit out here just to, you know, make nobody look bad or sound bad. It's just a part of our process that we want to let people know that we've been through some shit, but now you can get through your shit. 100% facts. Facts. Because what do you know? I noticed, I was listening, and this is not to get off the subject, but when Kirk Franklin's son um, had gone up and made like a video and he recorded his father. I got some stuff. Ooh, I got. I, I have some, some stuff. I feel some type of weather. I got. feel some type. You know what? I'm gonna say it anyway because this is the preacher's gig. Oh wow! Because I wait a minute. I brought it up. I wanted to say. It. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, damn. <laughs> so I brought it up because I felt some type of way about. Okay. Yes. People just don't understand the relationship and what goes on in a Christian preacher's religious household. People don't understand. So they'll take whatever information they get. Have the child looking bad and not to say that he wasn't wrong or not to say, but let people get out what they feel that they need to get out and quit prejudging people. I had, I was listening to people and saying, and really coming down on his son for doing that. They were like really talking shit. And I feel, and okay, maybe he shouldn't have done that. Maybe he should have, but I got my own shit that I'm doing myself. And it's not because I'm trying to bash people and make people look bad. It's because, look, stop sugarcoating shit. There have been people that have gone through levels of abuse, physical um, abuse from their parents. And then their, their grandparents went through where they're uh, sexually abusing their family members and, and um, molestation and incest inside of their families. But they, they all they do is cover it up. They just cover it up. They just cover it up. And then when somebody speaks out about it, oh, you just trying to put the family so out there. Stop, stop looking at people from voicing their opinions as, oh, they're trying to mess somebody's life up. No, no, we're trying to uncover the bullshit so we can nip it in the bud. Y'all, y'all, people like it when, when, um, um, when the people, when the government shows they ass. Oh, now we know, we know. Okay, but we don't like it when the family actually reveals what's going on in the family. Oh, they just trying to put, motherfucker, what the hell? <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, you want it on one side, but you don't want it on the other. You want to make sure your family's name looks good or or whatever. Like, if it's some bullshit, then it's some bullshit. Yeah. And let people vent how they need to vent. Like, does everybody vent the right way? No. But 
who can I mean everybody got to be able to, to to let it out and I'm so glad that I have um, come a long way from where I was because I, I was I was very um, an angry angry person when I was coming up um, but back to what I was saying um, I feel that people should not look at the sun Kurt Franklin's son as being a horrible person for putting that that video out there. He people shouldn't be looking at him like, oh, he didn't cut. That's it. I don't think so. Cause shit. I mean, go ahead, right, right, shit. Okay, so I feel you. I, I see, and this is why. This is why I, I'm gonna I'm gonna like having guests, especially you on here, because it's gonna show two different thought processes. Right. So, um, one thing, one good thing that I got from my ex-wife, um, which actually helped mend uh, my relationship with my father a few years ago, she used to say, "There's always two sides to the story." Right. So. A lot of times with those two sides, one will be showing, it, it will be rearing its ugly head and you won't see the other side, but because you just see that one side rearing its head, you know that's the part that a lot of people go off of. But <clears throat> I also, see with me, I, I feel like with Kirk Franklin, if you don't think that I know there's a, you know, bullshit on both sides, you know, you got enough of that coming. I just think from my point of view, I think his son would have looked like less of a bitch if he, you know, the whole conversation, you, cause my thing is, yeah, it, yeah, you know, his father was going off. He did say things that he shouldn't have. I completely agree with that, but what did you say to give him to No, I agree with that now, I agree. Cause I mean, it's it's easy to be like, oh look what he's saying, look what he's saying. But I'm like, uh, nigga, um, what did you say to get him to saying that? Because from my understanding, they were on the the phone with the therapist. Nobody even knew that until you know the whole story started coming out. So I'm thinking like, what like what are you trying to hide? Like, yeah, it's easy. I, I can say, hell, in, in my last marriage, hell, I did, I did plenty of fucking up. I'm not gonna say, oh, she did everything wrong. Yeah, she did some fuck up shit too. It was just not, it, that shit just wasn't good. I'm not gonna take, I'm not gonna give my ex-wife all the fucking blame. Cause it wasn't just her. It was my stupid actions too, but my thing is, uh, Kirk Franklin's son, what did you fuck up to? It's easy to put the blame on somebody else. Oh, oh, it's all him. It's all him. What did you fuck up to? That's how I feel about it. I mean, I agree with that because I've seen, especially this generation, they like to talk so much shit about their parents. I've heard so much disrespect come from the children to these parents it is outrageous it is it is unbelievable it makes no sense i would never say and do some of these things that these kids do to their parents now that doesn't and now uh i will point out this 
and I have said it in my reality of a preacher's daughter or my no no my money uncut well I said it in both anyway I have cussed out my father but it was because of the situation um I have been in physical altercations with my father where we were fighting and and it was because the uh how do I explain this I I mean it wasn't me who started I'm not just gonna like start fighting my dad who was 200 and something six feet almost 300 pounds I'm not just gonna just like start trying to fight him so there was reasoning behind that but then some of these kids these days the the parents are trying to do their best and they're doing things and they're giving these kids stuff and they're like paying for this and they're letting them live with them and the child's not paying no rent. And then if the child, uh, and if the child, the parent says, well, can you take out the trash? Then the child just goes berserk and starts cussing out the parents. You ain't never did shit for me. And, and like, so I've seen all the shit. So I know that there are always two sides. So I know that some, most of the time, the kids, some, most of the time, like, both of them are guilty the parents and the child you know somewhat has some guilt in there but um in my case and what i think in growing up like i ain't do shit (laughs) i didn't deserve and i don't think we deserved half the shit that we got growing up because we were too afraid to go to hell so I mean, I still you know. Oh, oh God, that is a whole different conversation. That was a, that was a, we was me me and you especially. We were like, oh, what? Every time I did something bad, I would pray. Oh Lord, forgive me. Oh Lord, forgive me. Oh Lord, forgive me. Like every time I felt like a bad thought or I felt like cussing or whatever, and I would probably I wasn't even cussing. Well, yes, I did. I started cussing when I was in sixth grade. I remember that. I said, I'm gonna say a cuss word. I started cussing in my room and then I went to school and they said she said cuss word because they knew me as a preacher's daughter they knew me they knew my mom used to come to the school in elementary school and do she was a preacher and she used to do Native American presentations at the school so they knew my mom so when I go to school and I'd be like uh, shut the hell up or you know say something like that they were like did she just cuss she cussed. You cussed. So, yeah. I, I was afraid to go to hell. Man, we were afraid to go to some goddamn hell. Especially, like, and you know, another thing that I noticed, like, you remember all of our, um, all the preacher's kids, you know, all the kids that we grew up with and shit, where their parents were preachers and shit. Yep. Don't none of them. Don't none of them. I look at them. Almost, literally, almost none of them. They don't go to church. They don't. They don't uh, think the same. I can think of maybe two of them. One of them ended up. One of them ended up. Well, that I knew, he ended up being, I believe, like a preacher, and, but. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I know most of turned out. It's not that we turned away from God. It's just we. I, I guess we're tired of the, the, the bullshit. We have a new perspective of living a 
um, living life, period. I mean, we, we just have a new perspective on it. I mean, th- this conversation can go on for for days. Oh, long time. Yeah, so, like, that's just, yeah. We just have a new perspective on what life very long is. Time. Huh? A very long time. Very long time. Yeah, we just have a new perspective of what life is. Life is not, shouldn't be revolved around, I got to go to church and I got to win souls. Life should be revolved around who are you as an individual and do what the hell you need to do because that's what God put inside you to do. That's what it revolves around. But a lot of people have it twisted and they have it enslaved mentality to do what the Bible says and, and keep on turning your cheeks and and is God? Is this is what God wants me to do? You're living, yeah, you're not living fulfillment, bro. Like it baffles me. Like, like seeing some people, like straight up getting their ass whooped. Talking about I'm going to turn the other cheek. No, motherfucker, you hit me. You getting dick too. Like I'm not playing that shit. That's why. That's why no, it happens in a lot of churches. You get smacked teaching it. Bro, what? And then another thing they'd be teaching them, like, oh, give your ties, give your ties, and everything. And these preachers are like exploding with millions, millions of dollars, and their church folks are starving. Bro, what? Why don't these niggas teach them about stocks and build a business? Like, because they're not gonna take, because nobody's gonna take their ass to church then. Bro, that's crazy. I, what you know what I realized a couple years ago? I was like, when you go to church, what do, what is it full of? Broken people. And it keeps you broken. Now, now I can't say I don't want to say this for every church, but for the majority, where did people go to church? That was their way to get out of um in the South, especially the slave, the master, that was their free time to like yes. get a better view of life. Sing and sing about your depression and your sadness. That's why all them damn songs, all them hymns are so fucking depressing because that's what they were going through. That's what they were singing about. And we still singing about the same shit and we still doing the same shit, but in a different, uh, in a different age. Yeah. We're still enslaved in our minds. Mentality. Huh? It's an enslaved mentality. Right. And they don't even realize it. You can't tell them shit either. Because they'll fight for their enslavement. Shit. I need the Lord. And I, I'm not saying that you don't need God or whatever. But your perspective is key. Because you believe that God created you as absolutely nothing. So the only thing that you can do is, is live for God and... It's, it's, it's a, um, I try to explain this without sounding like an asshole or sounding like an atheist because it's not that it's just that I believe God created us he put everything that we need inside of us to do what we need to do to fulfill our purpose in life but we live outside of ourselves feeling like we're not enough we don't have, we're nothing we, what do we say all the time and even in the bible I mean, in the churches, they talk about the songs are saying, oh, we're nothing. We're nothing but a worm. We're nothing. You know, we we're nothing. No, God created us to be gods, to be powerful, to speak life into ourselves, to speak life into situations. We have more power than we say than we, what we think we do. 
and we need to utilize that power but we're so focused well Christians are so focused on I need to bring down God but didn't you say but didn't God blow his breath inside of you so doesn't God live inside of you we are walking creators we are walking gods of our circumstances let me not start because I'm about to I'm about to uh, uh, get the organ and start preaching <laughs> like so the other day when I was in Austin I uh well, because of my line of work, I see a lot of, uh, I come across a lot of rich people, a lot of famous people, stuff like that. And uh, I was in the garage of the hotel, going to my car, and it was this real dope-ass yellow Lamborghini, right? And I look, like, I see Lamborghinis, Rolls Royces, and, and stuff all the time, but this time I asked myself a question. Like, it just popped in my head. Well, actually, I asked God. I was like, I looked at it, I said, God, why can't I have it? And what did God say? Well, pretty much what I got from me asking that question, there, there shouldn't be a reason why I can't have it. There is no reason why you can't have it. It's like, we limit ourselves. And I'll be damned to be going around like some of these Christians like like oh you know I'm just you know God's gonna provide yes God is gonna provide but the more we put into it the more he's going to multiply it so that's that's how I feel it's like I feel like church people just go around just almost like hoping and wishing that money's gonna fall and that's in a way that's kind of how me and my sister were raised by like say oh oh lord's gonna provide you know he's gonna he's gonna put food on the table well lord's uh, gonna work it out yeah the lord you know yeah we heard all the of that bare minimum the bare yeah, the minimum yeah the bare minimum yeah if god's gonna make sure we ain't gonna die but you know what i'm tired of looking at all these badass cars that i want to drive and i ain't in one you know what I mean? Like why? Like that? There should be. There's no reason why we can't have those things and have a good relationship with God. Like that's how I feel about it. Absolutely. Like, like these preachers making it seem. Like, I don't. It's not fair for these preachers to be going around in their private jets. I'm not gonna say no names, but there's a few here in Texas. But, um they go around with their multi-million dollar homes and 90% of their church is in poverty, poor, broke, barely living off, like it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Oh, it's, it's easy to give a good inspirational speech, but how about one of those sermons you bring, you bring out a chalkboard or something or you bring out a dry erase and you start telling people about businesses and and investments and stocks stuff that they have their fucking money in you know it like why, why don't they have a sermon about that why don't they sometimes sit these kids down and teach them about uh building wealth i'm not i'm not look i'm not going to leave this motherfucking earth broke 
I'm gonna leave money and real estate and shit for my children and their children's children. And it's gonna keep multiplying. I, I refuse to leave this world with the mentality that I was brought up with. The, oh, the Lord's gonna provide. I ain't gonna do it. And I agree with you. I absolutely agree. It, it just, it just, man, it like, it, like I think about it, it makes me so mad when I think about it. Like, oh, why can't I have that stuff too? Why? And like I told you before, so like, um. I think I want to make this a separate episode, but I want to touch on a little bit, like how um, when we were at that one church in El Paso and that preacher came and he was getting all the crowd hype and everything and, you know, everybody was screaming out, money coming to me now. Um, I hate that saying. I hate that saying. I swear, like, I, on God, like, no joke, I literally hate that saying and I know hate is a strong word I literally no joke I hate that saying now let's what let's get down to the nitty gritty why now I mean do you I want to give my perspective but do you I mean I ain't trying to take over but uh, Uh, well like we we talk about anyway and I'm sure I'm sure we got a few ears that is uh, burning to hear this one but, um, <laughs> so I remember I was so excited, you know, with mom because mom was so excited hearing it. You know, money coming to me now. Everybody, money coming to, to me, me now. now. Money, you know, everybody like, oh, this is like this. I didn't know what I was shouting and shit. Yeah, shirts. <laughs> And I'm, next thing you know, so I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, the way money's about to come, shit. Yeah, money's about to come. So like, with the way they were making it sound was, oh, just you know, money's about to start falling in your bank accounts, kind, almost kind of like a magical thing, right? Or you're about to get that huge promotion, or blah blah, blah right? <sighs> My thoughts about that shit has completely changed. So. After a few weeks, you know, I, you know, everybody's, you know, still saying it. My mom is, you know, in tears at at uh, at home, still screaming that same. After a few months, I started getting a little quiet, like thinking to myself, "All right, God." So, you know, at the eight, I'm, I'm maybe like 12, 13 years old. I'm like, "All right, God." My mom is working, wasn't she doing like two jobs or she was doing like, I think she had two jobs at the time. Yeah, I know she was. Uh, and then she, she, she was doing stuff at the church too, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, well, pretty much two jobs. So, I started asking God myself, I'm like, God, you, you like, you see my mom in tears, like, and at the at that point, I you know I'm cutting grass, you know to you know 
wasn't getting much, you know, cutting grass for the church, but I'm thinking to myself like, Lord, you see my mom in tears and see her crying all the time and she's trying to feed us and she's trying to keep a roof over our head. I'm like, God, where's the money? And then after a while, I started getting angry. I'm like, like, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I, I was getting angry at God. I'm thinking to myself like, I don't think it's fair because here my mom is, she's nice, she she gives her tithes and offerings all the time, she spends hours a day praying, and I'm like, Lord, we still struggle. And I'm, so from then on, when like I started getting angrier and angrier about it, and it would come to church money. And just always thinking it's not fair. Like all these preachers got their needs taken care of. My mom's spending more time at the church than the goddamn pastor. Yep. Why ain't my mom taking care of? My mom is over here struggling and still taking care of other people in the church. And making sure that right. So the uh interesting oh, so, but my perspective is the same and what's, what's interesting is like when I was going through my thing because you saw that I was always braiding hair and I was watching kids so right. I had a job on the side plus I was working I mean I was going to school so I was in high school and I was still doing like part time stuff I started making jewelry I don't know if you remember that I was making necklaces um, yeah. I, um, I was trying to do what I could to do like part time stuff um um, but yeah, so I did my thing too. So I was wondering like, why is mama, why, why are we struggling like this? I mean, during this time, like we were in Texas and like we were eating a lot of ramen and I remember that we ate in a lot of ramen. Mom, yeah. mom, mom in that condo and a what? In that, that condo? Yeah. I don't want to call that a condo. I don't want no damn condo. It was a duplex. I mean, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's what I meant. That was a duplex, and we had mice and. No, I remember that. And ants. And ants. And. We like, have no mom kept Mom kept it clean. Because it was too dry in <laughs> Man, it was dry as hell in El Paso. <laughs> but mom, but mom, mom was working all the time. Asher kept on. Oops, shit. Well, she kept on escaping through the window, <laughs> going to see uh, the tarantulas across the street. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, and I'm sitting here. I'm trying to cook. I'm trying to find stuff to eat and make up dinner for for us. And we had bare minimum. We had rice. We had ramen. We had flour, water, eggs. Mom always kept the basics: flour, water, right. eggs. Um, some type of Crisco oil so she can make pancakes or she can make um, biscuits um, but um, I was always wondering why are we struggling so much too like it didn't make sense for mom to be doing so much for the Lord and um, and then we struggle so much and then plus again with that is the child support thing because at that time when mom when we first got to Texas 
it was supposed to be like we got a certain amount mama got a certain amount of child support child support wasn't coming through because dad stopped it so we over here in texas mom four kids um oldest 13 youngest uh 11 or uh four right now three two shit we're good god almighty and we over here trying to make it off of mom was making five something an hour you gotta grow what mom and yes and she worked a night shift because remember i had to watch uh, i had to like she would leave at like um seven at night she yep. had to work sometimes second shift sometimes third shift it was like she had a crazy schedule so that that shit was hard and it was hard for me because being you know 13 at the time i was like shit how do i do this like i mean so that was a struggle but nobody knew that you know our our father was over here in this i had anger problems because of this our father was in a four bedroom three bathroom brand new house with a large yard and all of our shit while we over here in Texas and have nothing to eat and mom is making the bare minimum and it was just overwhelming for me. I had, that's why I had a lot of anger problems when I was younger. Even that time when we stayed at the shelter. Do you remember that one day we stayed at the uh, shelter? Not It was before the Battle Women's Shelter. Yeah, we I remember uh, mom drove us there. It was the middle of the night. It was in uh, Charlotte, and um, no, actually, it was a day. It was like right before, like six o'clock. It wasn't quite nighttime. We had just left that lady's house, who we were staying with, yeah, and she yeah, told us yeah. we couldn't stay there anymore. Yeah, um, yeah. She mentioned a witch, anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and I remember I asked mom. I was like, "What are you about to do?" She went in this building. She was like, "Oh no, I'll be right back." Yeah. I was thinking, where is she going? Yeah, I even remember she... what it's close by. It's that that building that. What you need to What you need to give details for? No, <laughs> I just remember. I just remember these things. It's I remember it's near John Peking's church. Yeah, it wasn't too far from there. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. John Peking, by the way. He's like, an amazing. Yeah. Oh, that that now that's one preacher. Uh, forget my language that I fucks with. Real, real. John P. Key, if anybody ever hear this, shout out to John P. Key on some real shit. He helped he, me out he knows our family way too. more than it, than he ever knows today. So, shout out. Big, big shout out to John P. Key. Y'all look him up. Download his music. Man. Support him. Go to his church. He's out here supporting people, families, getting kids in schools, so on and so forth, man. Y'all, anyway, I'm sorry. I had to, I had to shout new him life. out. New yeah, life. New Life uh, Christian, New Life Christian. And he was raised in Durham. So he was raised in the hood. Yeah. He knows oh, yeah. all about that life. Yeah. But that's yeah. somebody that I, I admire as a preacher and what he does. Yeah, for sure. Oh, and by the way, oh now I'm not trying to switch the subject, but real quick, like he made it possible for for me to have something to do to get my 
energy up, he would open up his gym late at night. We do midnight runs like on the basketball court and stay. And sometimes he would even take out the whole everybody that would play basketball. He would take us out to like a a, like a, a waffle house or something and he'd pay for everybody's meal. Man, shout out to John P. Key. A, a, a real one. Like, mad real one. Anyway, back to the subject. I agree. Shoot, man. I mean, it just makes us feel like we start feeling because we never really had these conversations like this. No, like, no, no. we talked about stuff every now and then, but like, this is actually like going deep. It starts feeling, you know, you start feeling shit. But it's like a good feeling. Like, look what we've look what we've come. Look how far we've come. Look at how our thoughts have changed. Look at the struggle that we dealt with. Look at where we are at. Yeah, yeah people need to um, people need to know that their lives can change. But uh, yeah, just just yeah. That's why the whole suicide thing. Like, tomorrow is gonna be a new day. Like, there were a few times in my life where I felt like, why am I here? Like, I hated my life. I wanted to die, and I actually asked God to kill me. I said, God, please just kill me. And nobody knew any of that. I would sit in my room, and I would just cry for hours. What got me through was music and art. Because I had to do something. I had to do something, and I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to make anything different but create and listen to music. Music and art got me through a lot of things that happened in my life. It wasn't going to church and hear the preacher saying the same thing over and over again. That wasn't that. It was like dealing with my emotions, how I knew best to deal with them. Because I had, being growing up in church all your life and you knowing how the the preacher does and how your father is a preacher, your father is a pastor of a church and you encountering that type of life you don't want to you don't respect the pulpit like other people may because you had first counter you had first encounters with it you're like i already know what this shit is y'all don't impress me and i don't care so living um you know sometimes we have to learn what gives us life what is that feeling that we need to feel what what does it music was one of the things that did it for me and art creating so people need to go back to their passions so they can live a fulfilled life and stop feeling like they're not here. They're here, not for a reason. They're here, you're here for a reason. You have some shit to do. So speaking of passions, y'all go back. If you haven't already, my last episode, losing my passion. I talk about things that I lost and possibly why I lost them and stuff. That's a good episode. I did it while I was on the road to uh, Austin. So that was cool. But yeah, people definitely need to go back to their roots, and <clears throat> so that's why. Um, and shoot, that's actually why I'm kind of doing this podcast. Revolve right around this podcast, and we right at fifty nine minutes. Yeah, I know, right? Look so, at what the Lord can do. I thought it was gonna be twenty thirty minutes. Look yeah. at the Lord. Yeah. 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 Well. Um, I mean, you know what? 
since it's about an hour, let's just, uh, I'm gonna leave people hanging with some things, some questions. Um, you know what? Money, give them your, uh, your IG, your podcast, all that good shit. Okay. My podcast is Moni Uncut Podcast. M-I-O-U-X-N-I-E Uncut Podcast. All one word on Instagram. My main Instagram is Moni. M-I-O-U-X-N-I-E On there, you will see in my profile, you'll see um, Moni Design, Meshy Skin, and Reality of a Preacher's Daughter. Those are all the things that I uh, do well not all of them but those are some of the things that I do I have a business meshy skin my skincare and then I have design work that I do so I am out here hustling and so support because I am amazing (laughs) you can also go to moni.com yo so so to speak on that so yes my sister does amazing artwork she also customized some shoes that i still need to get back from her thanks lord (laughs) yo but i sport chucks and she does that um so um y'all go and support her y'all look at her page and everything i bullshit you not she's literally one of the best freestyle um, artists I've seen. The stuff that she the abstract work she does uh, ain't too many people fucking with and I and I'm not saying that just cause I'm her ain't too many people fucking with that. But anyway um, thank you so y'all check out my IG it's uh, my first name backwards my last name backwards so it's it's actually badass when you say it. It's Yasira. It's Y-A-R-S-I-R-R-A. Y'all hit me up. Make sure you put a space after Y-A-R and then put A-H. Um, y'all will see my uh, nice profile pic on there with the big ass muscles and shit. Um, you know, to be like me with that hoodie shit though. Yo, that hoodie shit is badass. Yo, that shit fired in a motherfucker, boy. <laughs> <laughs> shit, mine is too. My profile is too. We sport them petties, though. We some I know, niggas. right? Facts. Niggas. Facts. <laughs> anyway, so look, this has been a fucking, this has ended up way better than I thought. Uh, shout out to, uh, Travis, um, my boss, who uh, kind of and pretty much inspired me to do this. So shout out to you, Travis. Um, so y'all hit us up on our IGs if y'all want us to talk about something. If y'all got questions, um, we'll answer them in for in future uh, um, podcasts. Make sure you hit up my sister's podcast. We're gonna uh, my sister's gonna be one of my main. Uh, featuring people on here so don't be afraid to ask will hey you got some you mad about something or you feel some type of way about our hey say it um i'm all i'm all ears um if there's something that we can improve something that inspired you whatever yo hit us up it's all good so anyway this has been preacher's kid gone wild with your boy, 
Ray Ray, aka the preacher's kid, and my sister Money, aka Money. Moni. Uh Money. Ching Ching. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, <laughs> so, Yo, this has been some real shit. This has gone actually a little over an hour. This has been a blessing. But anyway, y'all have a good one. Be inspired, be blessed. And we will talk to y'all on the flip side. Bye. Peace.